0: This is Toastcaster, your communication leadership and learning lab. Your host, Greg Gazin, speaker, blogger, author, and syndicated veteran columnist of Troy Media. Episode 170 Serious About Becoming an Accredited Speaker? Webinar audio with our guest, Cheryl Rausch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special episode. In fact, it is a pre recorded webinar. For those of you who may not be familiar with the Toastmasters Accredited Speaker Program, it's a program designed and reserved for Toastmasters who combine subject mastery with professional speaking skills at the highest level of proficiency. Since the program started in 1981, there have been only 90 to date who have earned the coveted title. This unique webinar session is actually the audio from a video session, which is also available, link in the show notes, that'll be hosted by As We Speak Toastmasters, an advanced club dedicated to supporting members who are pursuing, applying for the designation, the accredited speaker designation. And in this webinar, Cheryl Rausch, who earned her credentials back in 1993, invited her accredited speaker colleagues to join the conversation. In this episode, you'll hear them share their journeys, professional speaking suggestions, and tips not included in the official Toastmasters Accredited Speaker Handbook. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the Accredited Speaker Program, it's important to note that the board recently made changes to the Accredited Speaker Program for 2023. So sit back and enjoy the episode.
1: Good evening, everyone, to As We Speak Toastmasters special event. We are so happy to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. So let's go ahead and get on started. Is your dream to become a paid speaker? There is a program in Toastmasters that points you toward that destination. And you might already be eligible to apply. The Toastmasters International accredited speaker program is designed for professional speakers who combine their expert knowledge with mastery of spoken word, making them sought after experts in their respective fields. In this educational session today, you will understand the program rules, discover insights and suggestions to help you pass, and Be inspired to begin the journey and apply. Helping us get started on our journey, let's meet our presenter. To help us shine, we invited Cheryl Rausch, CEO of Sparkle Presentations. In 1993, she was the youngest woman to earn the elite accredited speaker designation, which was judged by a audio cassette, and demonstrating six various presentation styles. Since 1981, out of 144 countries, only 90 have earned the credential Cheryl was number 28. Cheryl has spoken on conference programs alongside celebrities, well-known speakers, authors, and experts. And she has opened for Marie Osmond and closed for Gina Davis. As a speaking coach, she has trained the Deepak Chopra's lecture team and Intuit's executive sales team. A seven time published author, her solid bold newsletter design book, originally created for Toastmasters, became a course book at the University of Ottawa. That's in Canada. And Cheryl is the proud author of the Toastmasters International sanctioned Heart of a Toastmaster book with true stories by 135 members from around the globe. Our publication received the best anthology from the International Book Awards with our session. How to earn Toastmasters accredited speaker designation, let's welcome. Distinguished Toastmaster, past district governor, presidential citation recipient, accredited speaker, Cheryl Rausch.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's my privilege to be here tonight for As We Speak Toastmasters. I'm very proud, personally, very proud of this particular club. And I'm honored to be an honorary member, too. And speaking of which, I'm honored to bring Several of my accredited speaker colleagues, thank you for accepting the invitation to be here to join the conversation tonight. Oh, my goodness. So while we get started here, if you have not yet had a chance to download the accredited speaker documents from Toastmasters.org, then please do so and be watching the chat here tonight because there will be additional links placed into the chat box for you if and then you can click open a tab and be able to download those documents because everything that you need to know we're going to be skimming tonight and then we the colleagues are going to be adding more to this of things that you're going to want to know about your journey so as you're looking at that and credited speaker colleagues get ready to introduce yourself please this is me i was painfully shy i know that might be Difficult for some of you to imagine, but yes, it's absolutely true. I would hide behind my mother's skirt. She was an Avon lady and she would go from door to door selling perfumes and nail polishes and all of that. I was painfully shy. Then in high school, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was the commissioner of PEP to lead the sports rallies in our high school auditorium with 2,000 students and staff and admin. In the gymnasium, and I was, and kind of like remember your icebreaker where you don't sleep for days and you don't eat for days, and and maybe like me cry a few tears. That was me. That was me. And I thought, oh my gosh, I wish they had youth leadership back then. I didn't even know anything about it. And this is courtesy of Pat Johnson, past international president. This is the Mexican restaurant in San Diego, California, where I joined Toastmasters thirty-five years ago. My goodness, time flies when you're having fun. There you go. Well, along the way, then I started speaking outside of Toastmasters, which if you want to become an accredited speaker, you need to be doing, you need to know who your audiences are, what are your topics and where can you find them? I spoke to business groups, Rotary, before we even had our alliance with them, with Toastmasters, networking meetings, Chambers of Commerce meetings, small business administration, at SCORE, and it, I would speak for free, I would speak for money, I would be able to sell books in the back of the room. All of it was incredible experience to bring me to where I am today which has brought me to keynote closing in sports arenas for 5,000 people in an audience, and then four days later to do it again. So let's stop right here for a second. And if my accredited speaker colleagues, if you would please introduce yourselves, and if you remember what year you earned your accredited speaker, that would be fabulous. And let's go in alphabetical order. So Dr. Dilip, I I saw that you had entered the room. So if you could unmute, Dilip, and tell us part of your journey.
3: This is Dilip Abhishekharah. I earned my accredited speaker designation in 1996, the year I became district governor of District 18, and that was in St. Louis, Missouri. The speech that I gave um, became more and more polished, and the more I gave it, the more people asked me for the book, they figured that I had a book. And then I thought, well, I better write a book. People are wanting it. And then from that came this this book, The Path of the Genie, Your Journey to Your Heart's Desire. I presented that in multiple venues to many, many different audiences. And the accredited speaker designation launched my professional speaking career to a new orbit. So as Sherry will indicate, getting the journey to earn the accredited speaker designation will give you the skills and confidence to launch your career to newer audiences, to bigger audiences, and to make an impact with your message.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dilip. Thank you. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you, Sherry.
2: Yes, then let's see, I do see Greg Wood. Greg Wood, so let's see, Greg, if you would please share a little bit about your story.
4: Certainly, I, I didn't know that we were supposed to bring out pictures of ourselves from you know growing up, so I thought I would get a, you know, bring a picture of me and my rabbit. Uh, we named him Stu, my rabbit Stew. My year, I got my accredited speaker's designation in 2018 in Chicago, uh, number 77, and I started off my career as a land surveyor. I left land surveying and became a professional entertainer, magician, you know, because that's a logical step, and uh, went from there to people asking me to do presentations with messages and started to perform them in schools and then for corporations and It's I've taken me to ten different countries on five different continents to uh, paid gigs all around the world, and so uh, not because I had my accredited speaker's designation. That was before I got my accredited speaker's designation, but it certainly helps to to have that as a credibility source.
2: Mm, It does. Thank you, and thank you very much for serving with Rochelle Rice as our accredited speaker council co-chairs. So thank you very much. Thank and you for one, your leadership. Yeah. They are our official liaisons with World Headquarters as we continue to evolve this program. Greg, thank you very much. Thank you. Joe Grandin, all right, where are you, Joe?
5: <laughs> I'm right there here. Go. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for the invite. Look, Cheryl, I, I wouldn't miss this for the world. I received my accredited designation in 2017 in Vancouver, Canada. And it just so happens I'm from the east coast of Canada in the middle of a snowstorm, rainstorm, whatever you wanna call it, school's canceled. So I get to spend more time with my grandchildren. The accredited speaker designation helped me tremendously in my work as a public speaker for students. I advocate for youth, I advocate for teachers and the designation helped me to be more in front of these students to inspire them, to inspire them to dream. And that's basically what I do as a part-time job in my retirement, because I retired from the education system eight years ago. And it's hard to believe, like you said, Cheryl, time flies when you're having fun. So that is what I do now. And thanks to the credited speaker designation and Toastmasters International, I, I basically can't thank you enough. And that's that's my story. And back to you,
0: Cheryl.
2: Thank you. And we may come back to you later, Joe, because there's a couple of accredited speakers like yourself who competed on world championship stages, then turned pro, became accredited speaker, and then also have returned again to the competition stages. We may circle back to you on that, buddy. Thanks for being here tonight. And you win for best blazer, as always. So number 90, all right, let's cue up Dr. Kevin C. Snyder. So thank you very much, yay. Congratulations. Tell us about your journey because too, you you attempted twice. So there was a difference between the first one and the second one.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So I was number 90, I presented in Nash Vegas. So if any of you were there in spirit or virtually or in person, uh, yeah, in 2019, I applied. Uh, phase 1 I felt I felt pretty confident about because I was already speaking professionally. Uh, I'd spoken to over a 1000 organizations mostly in the education sector with students and educators kind of like what Joe just mentioned. So when I applied, um and actually it was Valda Ford, fellow AS here who's who's with us tonight. She's like, "Well, after DTM, she says, "Well, what's next?" And I was like, "I'm not really sure." And she goes, "Well, have you ever thought about a speaker?" I'd never heard about it in 2018 so that gave me something new to push for and 2019 i applied i went through phase one and phase two is what caught me i made some mistakes it was a virtual presentation was not good with virtual at the time and yeah didn't earn it then i deferred to 2022 this year and right got it
2: The, the hybrid convention the high so you are the first hybrid convention accredited speaker honored and it set the bar
6: well, it, well, I'll tell you, it, we all know this it was it was just so great to see people in person. gosh, Nash Vegas or Nashville was the perfect place. It was the perfect theme. We are all storytellers. it was the everything was so ideal. so I felt the stars were aligned and honored uh, didn't even and by the way, too when I showed up, I thought there'd be other people there. I, I was so humbled and honored to even receive the award last year as the only person you know, and when you think about that to- Toastmasters being global, it's really just about opportunity. And so thankful, Cheryl, that you're putting this on because hopefully we we get more than one person next year doing this.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Great to have you on board. Thanks, Kevin. Ross Mackay. there you are. Okay, so let's hear some of your story, your journey.
7: Thank you, Cheryl. It's a delight to be here tonight. This is a joy for me. The, uh, I actually started uh, my own training in speaking business in 1990 and I was smart enough to pick up a book called Speaking Grow Rich in which I read the phrase "If you are serious about speaking, you need to do two things. one the national join the National Speakers Association and two join Toastmasters International. Happily, I made the second smartest decision in my life and did and took her at word and joined both. Uh, the smartest decision for well, those of you who have met my wife, you already know what that was. Five years later, and since photograph seems to be a thing of the of the youth, and I got this little gem, a third place in the world championships. I, Greg, I couldn't resist it when you held up yours. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, that was fun. Went on served district 60 as a uh, district governor in 2012-13 and then immediately thereafter had the privilege of uh, serving on the board of directors i achieved the the accredited speaker designation which is that plaque there uh <laughs> and uh yeah and it's uh that was in 2007 and it was an amazing experience and being able to uh, rub shoulders and and just learn from so many people in such a wide diversity of people across this world has just been marvelous, and I'm delighted to be here with you tonight.
2: Thank you so much, Ross, and congratulations on the Hall of Fame Award from CAPS in Canada. Congratulations. All right, Valda, our sister, please share some of your story.
8: Yes, it is such a pleasure to be here, and thank you, Cheryl, and the rest of my AS group. I had the opportunity to walk across that stage in 2018. It was so much fun and I love being an accredited speaker. And like several others, I was already a professional speaker and a member of the National Speakers Association, the board of directors. And I've had the great fortune of speaking in 60 countries on six continents. And the accredited speaker designation is one that will help me do even more of that and only the pandemic has kept me from physically being in many countries, though, I have zoomed out there as an accredited speaker for part of their conference team so it's a great thing to be and we have an excellent family slash group of colleagues.
2: That is so true. Valda, thank you. Thank you. All right. Please thank all of my colleagues here. Thank them because we will be calling on them again for more input for as long as they can stay in. So thank you so much. Let's talk about some of the rules then. here, huh? Hopefully you've had a chance to download the documents. There are five. There's a couple of Significant changes this year, which, as the program continues to evolve, it is our council co-chairs who, again, take that information to world headquarters. So as a result, even going hybrid, going virtual, continuing the program as what happens in the real world, we've also lengthened how long that the presentations have been. I know, having been an accredited speaker myself now for 30 years, then I was the ambassador for the program for the first 25. So I'm thrilled with how it's going and the structure that we have. And I'm thrilled for our our leaders on the team as well. The handbook is going to become your go-to resource. Any questions that you have, if it is not in there, then you can email TI staff. So here's a couple of quick points. And then again, I'll be bringing my colleagues back in for their tips too. For applicants, remember that, This program recognizes speakers who have already reached professional level status in their careers. It is not designed to recognize or provide support or publicity for those who are working toward becoming professional level speakers. However, if you are looking for mentors, it is a service that we give back to the organization. There's a couple of caveats regarding that. First of all, before you reach out to one or more of the accredited speakers to serve as mentors, and there's the link there, and Yo, thank you for putting that into the chat box too, is that we expect that you will have read the entire handbook, that you have looked and perhaps started on the application process, that you are already videotaping potential submission for your video to with with your application to world headquarters so that's what we expect of you then we are happy to take a look at the application review your video and if we mentor you we from our code of ethics we will step out from being a judge for either level one or level two as a judges instead because there would be a conflict of interest so choose your mentors wisely as our judges are also chosen wisely so we're here to support you we want you to pass the first time not everyone does by the way so that that is our intention for you basic eligibility As you can see, member of a club in good standing, keep your dues paid. We'll get more into this regarding how many speaking engagements. Notice that the current timeline is three years. That might become shorter in the future. Right now, it is three years. And we'll take a closer look at the other requirements here too. So eligibility, notice on the far left-hand column over here that completed all levels in a single path, earned Advanced Toastmaster Bronze or Advanced Communicator Bronze. It does not say Distinguished Toastmaster. The accredited speaker designation is for speaking of professional caliber as in subject matter expert as well. So with that, how do you know, how are the engagements defined? For Toastmasters, it is 20 or more non-Toastmaster members in your audiences With a minimum of 20 minutes per presentation for each of those 25. Also, the speeches may not be part of your regular job. So whether it is your position and that underneath that particular title, then those do not qualify, not under regular employment unless you are self-employed. What does not qualify as a paid speech, any speech presented as part of your regular employment. So if you are working for company ABC and you are a trainer that's part of your salary, those presentations do not count. However, take what you've learned in Toastmasters outside of Toastmasters to other groups, other organizations and start using the speaker application form that you'll find. Start logging what your presentations are and keeping track of them so that when it comes to submitting it, you will have more than you need. Start creating a spreadsheet, which will help you along the way. So here's where the program has also evolved over the past five years. What about reimbursements, gifts, and donations? Because sometimes we're not paid what our regular speaking fee would be. Well, here's how this is accommodating our global membership. So speeches for which the speaker only received an expense reimbursement, which could be travel food or lodging or a per diem, which might cover your food expenses and ground transportation or so any of those or a monetary gift or donation. So sometimes people will donate in your name to maybe it's the Arbor Foundation to plant more trees or another type of charity. That could be received as a gift or a donation to help you qualify so here's a tip on that maximum of seven of those of the 15 so seven of the 15 could be for reimbursement in this particular bullet point then at least eight of the paid engagements must be paid a pre-arranged fee what this means to you and i is if the client wrote us a check that if we ever were called upon by world headquarters to accompany our application that if we could show proof of that payment then that's what that means and we're not we don't we're, we're not doing that yet just to give you an idea though and typically the travel is separated from the speaker fee sometimes they're they're combined there but to give you an idea so up to 7 which are reimbursement up to eight of those 15 must be paid. In the 15, which are compensated, adding up into our total 25 presentations outside of the, the organization in over three years. Let's talk about the video. Of the disqualifications, which often happen at level one, it is because of the video submission. I'll give you an example, going over time. The video needs to be 20, so longer than 20 minutes, not including your speaker introduction. That's additional. No longer than 60 minutes, again, not including the speaker introduction. So we had a candidate who had submitted a 75-minute presentation and was immediately disqualified before they went to judging at level one. Read the rules. That's why your handbook is going to be your best friend as an international organization, and we have 16 countries represented in this session tonight, that your presentation for the video must be presented in English. There is nothing in the rules which currently say all of the presentations must be in English. No, they do not. It's not in writing. However, you may wanna practice in English just as you would for a speech contest as the judging is typically done in English. So practice that, the video must be done in English in front of a non-Toastmasters audience, which means no Toastmasters in the audience. And by the way, when the rules indicate 20 or more, that does not count the videographer. Sorry, he's to be audience. All right, so why, why would a person be disqualified for their video submission? There are several reasons i'm going to draw a point to does not include a professional introduction this is one of the changes in the judging ballots this year so i draw your attention to it and it was in the opening statement of what the accredited speaker designation honors subject matter expertise which means and it states on your application that the introduction that is given for your video must include information regarding your profession. How are you a subject matter expert on that particular topic? So colleagues, stand by. I'm going to come back to you so that you can quickly say what your subject matter expertise is. The biggest thing about the video and disqualifications is that they have been edited, where in the past we've heard laughter had been inserted where there was a two camera shoot and even though they spliced perfectly, no, that's considered editing. At video level level number one, we cannot be using stream decks. We cannot be using our Zoom iPads. It needs to be single camera shoot. At some point during the presentation, there needs to be a gallery so that the judges can see, yes, there were more than 20 people in your presentation. No edits whatsoever, not adding music, not adding an introduction, not adding anything at the end. No, unedited raw from beginning from the person who's introducing you with that professional introduction, all the way through your presentation with a strong body, opening, conclusion, transitions, engagement, authenticity, all of that, all the way through the closing where, again, perhaps you are reintroducing the chair or turning the meeting back to someone else. So let's pause right here. Accredited speakers, if you would please unmute and say, give us an idea of what is your subject matter expertise. I'll give you an example. Mine is communication in person, in public, in print, and online. That's my expertise. Valda?
8: I'm a registered nurse and public health expert, and my main speaking passion is on reducing infant and maternal mortality, though I do speak on diversity, equity, and inclusion as well. Thank you. Ross?
7: The product that's taken me to 34 countries is industrial pumping uh, expertise, but I also speak extensively on goal achievement.
2: Thank you, Kevin.
5: Personal empowerment, team empowerment and also mental resilience.
2: Great. Thank you, Joe.
5: Mine is more in the educational path. I've been to all of two countries and that has brought me a diversity on, on how to communicate with children, how to have a rapport with children, how to understand children are the most misunderstood people in the world. And I want my, my, my mission and much the same track, I think is Kevin's The mission is to, to help people to understand children because understanding leads to compassion, leads to wanting to help. That's basically what I do. Yeah.
2: Thanks, Joe. Greg, over to you.
1: My
4: areas of expertise I speak on are presentation skills as a magician, as a speaker, as an actor, professional actor, all those things in my past that gave me some. Some idea how to do that, how to connect with an audience, and leadership because communication is key to being a leader. You can't lead if you can't get your vision across.
2: Mm, thank you. dilla
3: Yes, mine uh, communication, leadership, and human behavior styles, human behavioral styles.
2: Wonderful, thank you, and that that definitely serves you in everything that you do. Thank you. Right. Okay, thank you very much. All right. so as we continue, Again, no edits whatsoever. So then looking at the speaking engagement form, this is what I held up a couple of minutes ago. There's been good improvements on this form. I love it. So a couple of my own personal suggestions. When you start logging those 25, then I would put them oldest to the most recent. It is what I would personally do. Things when I'm a judge for things, things need to make sense to me. So oldest to the most recent, and there's a couple of pages for you to complete in this fillable PDF document up to three years prior to the date of your application. Applications are due every January 31st. So that's how you can calculate which one goes in and which doesn't. Regarding the name of the company and the organization, this is also a good change. So again, we have really good changes up here in the headlines here. The business group or what is the event name, then the name of the contacting client. I'm suggesting the person and the, their organizational title for that. So this really holds accountability here. The length of the presentation, again, longer than 20, shorter than 60, not including the introduction. So your introduction may be up to two minutes in length, typically one minute. So fee received, again, may be seven for reimbursement, eight must be paid a fee. You may post the fee in either US dollars or in your currency, whatever is most convenient for you on that, and 10 may be the pro bono. So again, fees received. The judges are taking into account all the different types of groups. What types of presentations are you giving, as well as your audience size? Are you able to speak to one hundred people, one thousand people? And again, not including your videographer on that. So you want to have good videos and utilize your mentors who can help preview that for you in advance and allow yourself some time in case you need to shoot and at another presentation also in the application, there are several areas where you will fill information in I'm going to point out these two. First of all, regarding education and professional background. These are specifically related to your profession, and or speaking and training, it could be degrees, professional certifications, not Toastmasters backgrounds, with the special awards and recognition, again, related to your profession and or speaking and training. Again, not area director of the year, not that you've competed. We love our Toastmasters. This is not the place to put it into the application. There is one area in the application where it says, how have you benefited from your Toastmaster membership? That's where you want to talk Toastmasters. So then let's take a quick look at judging criteria and the ballots. And there are two levels and we need to pass at both. So here's good questions and thank you, Kevin, because you kind of brought this up for us. Unlike the competition, because this is not a contest, it's not a comparison. So if you have more than one candidate who is going for their level two at the International Convention, it's not a comparison. Again, what the audience wants to see is your subject matter expertise. They want to see what you get paid to speak about. And in that particular authentic style that you do, how are you that expert? It is a professional designation. It's not a crown. It's not really a title. Well, it's okay, it's not a crown. I would like that, though. But anyway, so it is a professional designation. At each of the levels, there is a pass or fail where four of the five judges must give you, you need to earn 80 or more points in each of the levels. So again, this is included in the application book. I draw your attention to take a look at this because it is pass or fail. No kidding. It's pass or fail. What are the judges looking for? The judges will review your entire application. At level one, they are really counting on that speaker introduction that sets your subject matter expertise With the application, one of the new lines has been added on page six says, who was the audience for this presentation, which goes with your video submission. So if you're speaking to a healthcare organization, are they the senior management? Are they those in charge of productivity or safety? Are they the staff? Who exactly were those audience members so that the judges can put this into context? The bottom line question that the judges are asking is, would I hire this speaker? Would I refer this speaker for a paid engagement? Would I pay to be in their audience? And I would add, would I want to speak on a program with them? So the good news is that every candidate who submits can pass. Can pass level one and then over to level two, pass and earn the professional designation. On both of the updated judging forms, at the top, under criteria, it has instructions to the judge being very clear that the accreditation is for the sole purpose of determining the skill and expertise of the speaker as a professional presenter. If it was your money on the line, would you be the one to write that person's check? Now here in the applying the various purposes of speaking, when I submitted my application back in 1993, I actually needed to have something in each of these six categories to prove that I was that type of diverse presenter, informing, motivating, inspiring, entertaining, and leading seminars and discussion groups. So to answer most common questions on this, how many people typically apply and how many go on through the different levels. Give you some statistics. I keep track of these things. In 2019 at the Denver convention, there were 19 applicants, seven disqualifications at the application stage, which means they were not even given a chance to be judged at level one. Of those 19 minus seven, the 12 went on to level one judging, four passed at level one, seven candidates all in 2019 So that would be, let's see, Valda and Greg, were you in that particular group? So all all seven candidates passed, which had never happened before. That was in 2019. In 2020, which was a virtual convention only, 21 applications, now because we're doing so much education and our presentations, zero disqualifications. Three went on to level two and a gentleman, who had attempted, this was his sixth attempt, and he will tell you his humble story. He finally passed to become number 88, and that is Muhammad Ali Shukri from the kingdom of Bahrain. So, wow. Then what happened in 2021? Well, this is where both, I think it was Forrest as well as Kevin, and it was virtual that was right when everything changed from live conventions to now we're virtual and Forrest will tell you his story too where wow now he's learning to use all of this technology and everything else so he he had not passed the first time he came back and he did pass the second so in 2021 11 applications zero disqualifications three passed including Forrest who became number 89 And number 90, as you met Dr. Kevin C. Snyder here on this session, for the very first hybrid convention in Nashville, there were eight applications, by the way, zero passed at level one. So Kevin did pass on his second attempt. Well done. Give you an idea, take a closer look at the judges' ballots because they are different between level one and level two. Here is something that we do and we take pride in doing is providing if a speaker at level one does not pass there is a feedback form which is not on the general public download site but there is a feedback form which the judges then provide written feedback for each of the speakers we really do want you to pass we do so then this is a judging all right and then again Pass starts at score of 80. Four of the five judges need to give you 80 and higher in order to pass on to level two. Here's the big change for level two. There is that subject matter expertise area. So again, looking for that. Well. Here's a blow up of that particular area where it demonstrates proficiency and mastery in your identified area of expertise. So we can't we can't impress upon you how how absolutely vital that this is. You have a lot of resources and support. I'll put these here, and then we're going to go into Q&A, open up the chat. We're going to look for questions, and my colleagues, thank you for looking ahead at questions that you can answer in the Q&A for our chat. All right, so resources and support, start with the TI site. Everything is always updated there. And check out Toastmasters YouTube channel. You'll you'll find some great videos posted there. And again, the accredited speaker mentors. You may email TI staff, again, only after reading everything, please. They, the TI accredited speaker staff also helps with all of the speech contests, the semifinals and the world championships. So please do your part. Read everything and reach out to mentors. So let's take a look at what additional questions might you have. And all right, let's get the questions going.
9: What is the minimum compensation one should receive to qualify as a paid speech?
2: Mm. All right, accredited colleagues, who would like to who'd like to start this? This is probably the toughest question that we ever get.
3: I can address that uh, in one way, Cheryl, uh, because this question had come up when we were looking at uh, what we should publish about qualifications needed. There are many parts of the world where they do not; the culture does not uh, allow people to be paid uh, when they when they speak to audiences in the business sector and so we agreed that at least eight of the 25 so-called paid speeches eight of them can include some kind of compensation but not a speaking fee as such for example in my native country Sri Lanka businesses are in the habit of giving expensive gifts Uh, very nice dinners, uh, and so forth to the speaker, because it is not in the culture to pay. So for those, we did allow up to eight of those 25. And then in terms of how much is paid, there is no minimum established because it varies from culture to culture, what what is acceptable. Therefore, we just left it blank.
2: Mm thank you Dilip. that was the best way that question could have been answered truly well, thank you and thank but, you for being such an advocate for our other cultures too coming from sri lanka and india right. thank you
4: thank you i could add to that yes greg if somebody's going to immediately ask what about the rest of them and and uh is of course absolutely correct we don't do that because uh people you know i'm going to be honest with you when i speak in india I get paid a lot less than when I speak in Canada and when I speak in Brazil, I get more than India, but less than I get in, um, in Canada. So the best place is the States, they pay the highest, but that's beside the point. This is a a designation. Uh, you, if you read through it, it's a designation for professional speakers. Um, I think the answer to the question is if you were getting that per speech, could you, live on that. Are you a professional speaker? Could you make half of your income that way? Not that you are making half of your income that way, but could you at, at those levels? That's kind of the thing that I think people should be looking at. But as a rule, uh, there is no rule that says it has to be a certain level. But if it's a $20 gift card, I'm sorry, but it's going to impact the judges if, you have, if you're getting $20 to $25 for your speaking engagements. It's not that it's disqualified, but it is going to impact the judges are looking at the whole thing. And that's one of the things that they'll notice and they'll say, hmm, is that a professional speaker?
2: Thank you, much. Mind
4: you, normally if they get $20 a speech that they're not gonna make it on content anyways.
2: That's true, thank you. That's gotta be one of the toughest questions that we get asked, it absolutely is. I'm going to answer this one question and then let's see. I saw that there was a hand up, Lori. I think you had your hand up. We'll come back to you. How many women accredited speakers? There are currently 24. I counted again today just to ensure that. I was the sixth woman and I did not even know that there had been five who had earned it before me because we weren't visible. We just weren't. We are now. All right, Lori, did that answer your question? You had your hand up, right? No, I had a different question. It, Go ahead. It seems like the road to being an accredited speaker seems lengthy, from where I'm sitting. I'm, it may I've... be. It may be. It may be short. Okay. If you are already professionally speaking, like mm-hmm. my application was filled with engagements from only one year because okay. I was already doing it. So, okay, three three years is the timeline Ti yeah created that okay. because it's a worthy goal. So yeah, so would you say kind of first milestone would be to work towards those paid speaking gigs? Yeah. Definitely speaking outside of Toastmasters, longer presentations, larger yep. audiences, moolah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dilip, you're going to giggle there. Okay. <laughs> and Cheryl, Yo has some more in the chat for you. Go ahead, Yo.
9: Okay, let me pick one. It's self-organized setting. Ticket kind of seminar slash workshop considered as paid compensated speech event?
2: Yes, thank you. It can be. So, Joe, thank you for your question. So say that you hold your own public workshop. Yes. And how you figure the compensation is what was the registration fee that people paid? It may not include consulting or book sales. No, it needs to be from the speaking portion of it. So that was a great question, too, there. I saw another one regarding MC. Let me go back to Gail Lewis for just a second, yo. Would serving as an MC for a large awards event count? No. And here's why. Unless you are a keynote presenter and you give your full 20 to 60 minute as a keynote address speaker prior to MC, then no. MC only, no. Greg, are you going to answer that?
4: I just want to say if you're an MC and you talk for over 20 minutes straight, then you shouldn't be an MC.
2: <laughs> you should be a keynote presenter. Well, see that happens, and and that's how we also upsell today. Right? Yeah, as we yeah, see man. in NSA and CAPS, is that they are MCs and then they keynote. However, think speaker, not MC. So that was a, a great question there. All right, so Nancy Mulligan, hello from Australia. I think it's your lunchtime there. Does promoting and selling tickets for your own event count? Yes. Again, what is the admission for the event? Not any of the add ons. So thank you. Yo, back to you.
9: Okay, here's another one. Can the introduction be a pre recorded introduction presented at the live event, or is it must be an actual person presented at the recording?
2: It may be a recording. However, does it properly demonstrate your expertise? is it something that you provide and is it tailored to that particular audience those are questions i'm going to i'm going to toss back there there's a lot of considerations there i've seen some beautiful live introductions that do that that that's better than the speaker and the speaker didn't pass sorry well because it's a teaser reel it's a teaser reel now most of our audiences today are we want to be entertained by the speaker not ahead of the speaker we we want the purity of it, as Paul Artali would say, one of our accredited speakers, that we, we want the real deal. We want the authenticity. Again, that's going to be your call. And if you're doing that professionally, then that might be exactly what you do. And again, the judges want to see what is it that you do that you get paid to do? Really great question.
9: OK, one more. <laughs> if I have my speaking fee donated to an organization, will
4: that qualify as payment?
2: Ooh, Greg Wood, I'm going to toss this one back to you.
4: Because I already answered it. Yes. And
2: with with if more If it's detail. donated
4: to it, yeah. If it's donated to an organization, it can count to one of those seven. Seven. seven sorry, seven. you have to have the age paid. Math, eh? Math's hard. Uh, this the one to count is one of the seven where you're not being paid. They could. That's uh, well, Dilip, don't Philip actually said that was yeah. one of the things that they had when they did that, that the Dilip touched on that actually, right. that having it donated to an organization. Uh, if is, it's
2: a speaking fee great. though, Greg, let's challenge this a little bit. It's because the wording in the chat, if I have my speaking fee, so it's a designated fee, not a donation yet, it's a speaking fee. So I could get the check donated to an organization that could go, mm. that could qualify for one of the eight.
7: Um, yeah, if I may, if I know, then
4: you got, you got to take a check. You'd have to take the, check take the check and then write a check to the organization or for that s- amount
2: or sign and it over yeah. on the back.
4: And it's a little bit, I mean, I speak, you know, kinsmen clubs of Canada. If you're not Canadian, you don't know it's the greatest service club in the world, but, um, kinsmen clubs of Canada, I could speak there and then donate my fee back to kinsmen. Well, yeah, I have to do that because they wouldn't have paid me anyway. So, um, it's not a paid gig.
2: Okay, got it. All right. Uh, and then well that opens up a whole nother can of worms because in the US and you could do speaking in kind where then you actually do a trade for okay, we're not going there. All right. There's a question that's, That
4: is one of the 8. That's one of the things that we allow and one of the 7. One of the 7. Does a
2: qualified presentation have to be given in person to an in-person audience or online either? That's the beauty of the new rules. It may be online, it may be virtual, it may be blended. Really, really great question there.
4: People ask if it has to be done live. Um, Yes, that doesn't mean in person. That just means that you have to be alive and the audience has to be alive and you have to be there at the same time.
2: At the same time, at the same time. So it cannot be pre recorded on that. Mark, what is your question, please? Thank you for having your hand up so long.
6: Thank you very much. I've been hearing it is 20 minutes to 60 minutes for any of the speeches that we give the live event in the final show where we're before the judges. Is that to be shorter or can that be the same
5: length as well?
2: Thank you. It, it varies. It varies. Currently the window is 16 to 18 minutes. As last year, Kevin Snyder was the only accredited speaker candidate to present. He was told 20 minutes. What, you can pretty much count on right now is that 16 to 18 minutes Greg you're nodding your head yes
4: yes because one of the hardest things to do between level one and level two I've discovered and other accredited speakers have discovered is to try to take my 60 minute keynote or at that part that time it was a 50 minute particular keynote and try to make it 18 minutes and you can't I had That's to do the eight, struggle I had to do 18 minutes of my 50 minute keynote. Uh, at okay, mine
2: minute. comes in at 16 minutes back in 1993. I thought I went under time. And I was not disqualified for not hitting the 20 minute mark, mic drop. Well, and I'm got a worried. standing ovation that lasted four minutes and the international director needed to command the audience to be seated. It's possible. All right, we're going to be wrapping it up. We have two minutes before our time slot is evaporated do we have one more question here one more question let's see
8: Uh, i'll go ahead and read it for you yo what can we show um what can we show the size of the audience and the scale of the event if the organization doesn't record the meeting or doesn't provide the recording
2: thank you here we have an honor system with the accredited speaker program and we trust you to maintain that integrity throughout the organization Everything that you put onto the application, we trust that it is true. The only documentation that we really have is that singular video submission and the five testimonial letter recommendation forms that are submitted from your clients, preferably paid, and emailed directly to World Headquarters staff on your behalf. That is the checks and balances. We trust that you will follow the rules. And I know we're here at Lunar New Year, we could say that that would be bad karma if you did not follow the rules. (laughs) As we wrap up, first of all, thank you so very much to my cherished professional colleagues called accredited speakers. You volunteered your time to be here for this conversation. I believe that we have each been enriched by all of your answers and by your clear show of support. Thank you for bringing your hearts here tonight for as we speak, Toastmasters, continued success TK to you and to the entire membership. Don't hesitate to reach out to any of us to come and be your presenters at regular meetings. We support that you support members who are pursuing the Toastmasters accredited speaker designation. So thank you. And in the year of the rabbit, get hopping. The red carpet to accredited speaker awaits you.
0: Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. A new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at OutsmartingTheButterflies.com.